Okay, well, let's, I'm going to share a few things with you from the Word of God tonight. If you have your Bibles, uh, open with me to the book of Ephesians, please. And uh, the sixth chapter of Ephesians, e Ephesians chapter 6. I, um, I, I taught on this, ministered on this about seven years ago, according to my notes. And um, uh, the Lord just quickened this to my spirit uh, yesterday again. And, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it had been a while since I ministered on it, so I wanted to share tonight. And I don't know if I'll get finished with it or not, but there'll be another Sunday night if I don't. But I want to talk to you on what to do when nothing seems to work. Anybody ever been there where it just seemed like nothing seems to work? Everything's just going haywire. And um, so in Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read this six, uh, these verses, very familiar verses of Scripture, but I'm going to read them tonight uh, just as a setting, as a background uh, launching pad for this message this evening. It's more of a topical type message tonight, but... Uh, I want to read these verses uh, for our setting. Ephesians chapter 6. We are all familiar with these, uh, this passage. And I want to begin reading with verse number 10. Ephesians 6 and number, verse number 10. And he says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Notice that. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How many want to be able to stand in, in the, against the powers of darkness? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, because of that, because of the, those spiritual, uh, the spiritual wickedness and those powers of darkness, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That evil day is the day of attack. That's when the enemy is attacking. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." Amen. What to do when nothing seems to work? Let's pray tonight and ask the Lord's blessing on the message. Heavenly Father, we do thank you tonight for this opportunity to be in your house, for the baptisms that we were privileged to do tonight. Lord, we thank you for your people that have come together to worship you here at Abundant Life. I'm asking for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you will just help me, give me the words to say as I minister your word tonight that it will find a place in our heart, bring blessing and faith alive in the lives and hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure that every one of you, all of us, have been to that place in our life 
where we were about to give up or felt like giving up. And we were, we, we were in that place where uh, it, 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 we were just tempted to say, well, it just doesn't look like anything's working, going to work out. And, um, you know, the disciples kind of faced that dilemma as well. And I mentioned this morning, we'll, when we get to Mark chapter 9, we'll talk about that. But it's also recorded in Matthew 17. But the disciples faced that. You remember the situation with them where um, they couldn't cast out the demon out of the, 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 the boy. And uh, Jesus told them it was because of their unbelief. But they tried to cast that demon out and just nothing seemed to work. And uh, so you, you've been in that. I, I'm sure that we've all been in that situation where that it seemed like that all you had learned, everything that you had been taught to do just didn't seem to bring any results. And it was just not working. And it seemed like that victory was just, your victory was just slipping away. In spite of all you could do, it just seemed like defeat was inevitable. And I, I, I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I've been in that situation in my life before. But you know, there's always hope when you're in trouble and when you're facing trouble. The Bible says in Psalm 121 that we are to uh, look to the hills from whence cometh our help, our help cometh from the Lord. Isn't that, isn't that what he said? And so we know, we know, no matter, no matter what you may be facing or going through, there are some things that we know for a fact. We know that the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's unchangeable. With God there is no variableness, James said, and neither any shadow of turning. The Bible says, God Himself said in Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. So we know that Jesus, that God, is the Father, is they're not going to change, they're the same every day. We also know that the Bible tells us that the Lord will never leave us, and He will never forsake us. He says that in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now you've got to believe that because the devil will always tell you, you know, well, the Lord's left you and you can't feel Him and He's not there. And so, but you have to stand on the promises of God and know that the Lord is there even when it doesn't seem like He's there. And the third thing you've got to understand and know is that Jesus has all power and all authority both in heaven and on the earth. He said that after His resurrection. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then as I talked to you this morning, He's given that power and that authority His. He's given us His name and He's given us that delegated authority to the church. So when, when we find ourselves in the valley and we find ourselves in situations where things are not working out and we've prayed and we've done everything that we know to do and nothing seems to work, what, do, what are we supposed to do then? 
What, how do we handle those situations? And I think that's something that we all need to know. And I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to give a check, kind of a checklist in this message on finding your loose connection. How many, how many know sometimes you could have, I could have, we could have a loose connection that's disconnected us from the flow of the Holy Spirit, from the power of God working in our life. And so we need to make sure when nothing seems to be working out, we know that the Lord is still the same. We know that He hasn't changed, that He has all power and authority, and that He'll never leave us or forsake us. So we need to check and make sure we have a proper connection. Are you with me? Here, um, I don't know, a month or so ago, Vicki and I had been, we had been camping and uh, we had been there for several days and, and we got ready to leave and we had everything packed up and I was just getting ready to, uh, I was just getting ready to back the truck up and hook the camper up and Georgia comes running around to the car and said, Nana's car won't start. And I said, oh great, praise God. That's just what we're wanting to get out of here and her car won't start. And so sure enough, it was one of them, you know, where you click, 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 click. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, I said, well, you know, the battery's shot. I, I figured the battery was six years old, so the battery was pretty much probably needed to be replaced. So um, the camp host came over there, and he had some jumper cables. He jumped it, got it started, and we, we took, brought it to AutoZone and had it changed. Well, you can't get to the battery on this car. Okay, because it's, 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 it's in there and the, and the computer sits on top of the battery and it's just a mess. So anyway, when they got the computer off and they got the battery cover off, there, and of course I'd already paid for a new battery, needed one anyway, but there was a cable that was all corroded up. And I said, well, that's probably the trouble. Well, I'd already paid for a battery. I didn't ask them for the money back. So I just went ahead and bought the battery, but I'm thinking, you know, there's the problem. There was a bad connection there. Anybody ever had a corroded battery cable? Amen. Maybe there's plenty of power in that battery, but there's just not a connection. There's no juice flowing to the starter because there's some corrosion there. Well, if you can take that battery cable off and wire brush it and clean it and get it, get it all cleaned up where there's a good connection flowing again, car start, everything's fine. We had that problem with one of these microphones here not too long ago. You'd turn, it'd show it had full battery power. You'd turn it on and say a couple of words. It'd go completely dead. So we opened it up, took the batteries out, and it was all corroded up in there. And I think John took it and scraped the corrosion out and got the, the, the microphone where it would have a good connection with the batteries so that everything works right. Amen? So I know some of you are sitting here saying, you know, well, I, you know, you're not talking to me because I know I don't have any corrosion and I know I don't have any loose connection. But you know, when, when, when everything seems to go wrong and nothing we do seems to work and victory seems to be slipping away and it doesn't see, it just appears like victory's not there, then we, I think it's time that we need to do some examining and 
and you know, just let the Lord Jesus show us where our loose connection is or maybe there's some corrosion there. Maybe there's something that we need to take care of in our life because after all, God doesn't change. Jesus is always with us and, and the Lord has all authority and power. So if there's a problem, it very well could be on my end. Come on, somebody. Do you agree with that? It very well could be. Hallelujah. So that's some areas we need to check because God, listen, God is faithful. God is true with His Word. We know there's nothing wrong with Him. So if there's a problem that, 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 that's not being solved and it seems like there's no answer, then we need to check and see what the problem may be on our side because sometimes maybe we're not following the Word and we fail to make the proper connection. And then we wonder why God isn't working for us or in our behalf. And when we're seeking for God for an answer to a situation and nothing seems to be going right and nothing seems to be happening, then there are some checkpoints, I think, that we can go down the list, so to speak, and make some checkpoints in our life and see if we're making a proper connection with the Lord. Are you with me tonight? Amen. So what are, what are some of the checkpoints? And let me give you the first one tonight. The first one is this, and I think this is so important. When nothing seems to be working in your life, the first thing, the first thing that we need to do is check up on our own life. We need to check up on our own life. You know, the Bible tells us, Paul said, that we are to take some, some times in our life for self-examination. Amen? We're to, to examine ourselves, he said, to see if we're in the faith. So we must be sure that we're not, that there's, you know, we're not, we're not living in sin or that we're not practicing wrongdoing. We need to check and make sure that there's no open sin or secret sin at all in our life. Now John said this in 1 John 1 and 7. He said that if we walk in the light, now see this is so important because we're to walk in the light of the, the Word of God. And John said for if we walk in the light as He, Jesus, is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So what he's saying there that is that as long as we're walking in the light of the Word of God that we have a continual, there's a continual cleansing, an automatic cleansing that's going on from all sin by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to liken that and, and the picture that I get is like the, the fluid in our eye, the tears in our eye that is constantly, every time you blink, there's a, there's a, there, the, the uh, tears are washing and cleansing your eye on a continual basis. Well, you know, the blood of Jesus does that. Amen? Every single day. That's why I'm living like I'm forgiven. Come on, somebody. Because, uh, you know, the blood of Jesus is constantly cleansing me from all sin, constantly, continuously cleansing you from all sin as long as we walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, if you step out of the light... You get into darkness, and if you get into darkness, you get into trouble. Are you with me? Amen? Hallelujah. So we have to stay in the light. 
But if we get into darkness and we get into um, sin or something wrong, doing wrong, then, we go, then we're going to get into trouble and our, our faith won't work, our prayers won't work because, you know, I mean, you know, if, we're, if there's any open sin, hidden sin, unconfessed sin in the heart and the life of a believer, it's going to hinder what God can do for you and in your life. That's why this first checkpoint has got to be to examine ourselves and to check out our life. See, listen, if I, if I have envy or jealousy or strife or wrath or bitterness or malice or anything like that against anybody else, brother, sister in Christ or anybody else, um, you know, I want the Lord to show me that. I want that to be revealed to me because I don't want there to be anything in my life that would, that would hinder my walk with the Lord or would hinder the Lord from being able to answer my prayers or move in my life and move in my behalf. I don't want there to be corrosion on my cable. Come on, somebody. I want that to be a good connection there so that, man, I'm getting the power that is flowing from the Lord into my life when I need Him. You know, David said in Psalm 66, 18, he said, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, that's just pretty plain, isn't it? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And uh, I like the way the, the, uh, uh, some of the other translations, the ESV and the NIV, I think, both say that if I cherish iniquity in my heart. In other words, if there's a sin in my heart that, and I know that it's there and the Lord has revealed it to me, but I really cherish that thing and I just don't want to, I just don't want to turn it loose. I know that I need to, but I just don't want to turn it loose and I just keep it covered up. David said, that the Lord will not hear my prayer. The only prayer the Lord's going to hear if I'm in that situation, He's going to hear me when I say, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me of this sin. And I've, I'm repenting of it. I'm going to stop it right now. And I need you to cleanse me of it. Amen? Another translation says, says it this way, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So we can't harbor any kind of sin in our life. We've got to check up on our life. The psalmist David also said this in Psalm 139, 23. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. So that's a good prayer for us to pray. Lord, examine me, search me. See, there's got to be times in our life of introspection in, in our prayer time where we just ask the Lord to search me. Lord, search my heart. I don't know of anything there. I don't think there's anything there. Of course, we don't want the devil to... We don't want to open a door for the devil to bring us under any condemnation. But Lord, search me. And if there is something, listen, if there's something that's displeasing to the Lord in your heart or in our life, do you know what? The Holy Spirit will show you that. He'll show you what it is. He'll tell you, hey, you need to stop that. You need to get rid of that. You need to quit doing that. Are you listening to me? And then it's going to be up to us. See, I don't want that corrosion on my connection. I I want there to be glory to God. I'm about to feel something. I want there to be a, a, a good connection so that I can receive the power of God and the answers of God in my life. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all know tonight that, that as a believer you have, God has put a hedge 
around you. Yes, sir. Amen? Yes, sir. You remember the book of Job? and the devil, the devil comes before the Lord, you know, and the Lord says, uh, where'd you come from? And he said, well, I've been walking up and down in the earth, you know, up to and fro through the earth. And he didn't say this, but Peter said, I'm, I'm just seeking whom I may devour, you know, he's looking for somebody. And uh, the Lord said to the devil, said, have you considered my servant Job? And he said, there's none like him in all the earth. He's a perfect and an upright man. He fears me. He, he hates evil. Have you considered him? Oh, yeah, I've considered him. But the problem is I can't get to him because you got a hedge around him and you got a hedge around everything that he has and I can't get to him. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but that blesses me right there to know that the devil just can't do anything he wants to in my life because the Lord has put a hedge around about our life and our home to protect us. Amen. We've got the blood of Jesus covering us. We've got angels that are guarding us. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear the Lord to deliver them. Amen. Uh, he gives his angels. Psalm 91 said that he gives his angels. God does gives them charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. And so we've got angels. We've got the blood. We've got a hedge of protection all around us. But how many of y'all know that the Bible says that we can we can breach we can cause there we can do something to cause a breach or a break or an opening in that hedge to allow the devil in amen now God can allow it himself if he wants to to allow Satan certain latitudes in our life but God's in control of that but do you know that there are things sometimes that you or I could do that would breach that hedge and allow the enemy to come in the book of Ecclesiastes in Ecclesiastes 10 and 8 it says this he that digs a pit shall fall into it and listen to this listen to this this is awesome and whoso breaketh a hedge a serpent shall bite him did you ever notice that he he that breaks a hedge a serpent shall bite him. Well, who's the serpent? We know who the serpent is. See, I don't want to make any openings for the enemy. And that hedge that God has put around us can be broken by sin and by the way we live or by something that we allow in our life. It could be an unforgiving spirit. It could be envy or strife. It could be covetousness. It could be lasciviousness, some kind of an evil desire. But any unconfessed unrepented of or unforgiven sin can cause a break in that hedge and allow the enemy access into your life that he would not ordinarily have. Are you with me? Amen. So that's why that's got to be the first checkpoint. Is there any corrosion on that battery cable? I've got to make sure tonight that I've not breached that hedge, that I've not done anything at all to cause there to be a, an area for Satan to come in and attack me or afflict me or do what he wants to in my life. That's why there has to be that, that, that time of introspection and that time of asking, God to search our hearts and know our hearts and know our thoughts and know where we're at and examine us and examine ourselves. Amen. 
Praise God. The Bible says this. Paul said to lay aside in Hebrews 12 and 1. He said that we, and he's writing to Christians there, and he said that we are to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen? Well, praise God. Those little besetting sins that that can creep in. Those, as, as Solomon said in the Song of Solomon, those little foxes that can spoil the vine. We've got to be aware of them, that there's nothing there between us and the Lord, that we're walking in the light, we're under the blood, our lives are clean, we're living pure, and there's no corrosion on our battery cable, glory to God, and there's a good connection to receive what the Lord has for for our life. Can somebody say amen tonight? Hallelujah. So that's the first thing on the checklist. Check up on our life. But the second thing is this. Check up on the promises. Check up on your promises. What do you mean by that, Brother Rick? Check up to make sure that you have a definite promise from the Word of God that has been quickened to your heart and uh, that ministers or that deals with or speaks to your situation. You've got to have your faith. Your faith has got to be based on this book. It's got to be based on the Word of God. It's just not how we feel about something, but true Bible faith always has its basis in the Word and on the Word of God. Faith comes, how? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you've got to have the promise, a promise, at least one promise from the Lord and from the Word of God that covers what you're believing God for, what you're trusting God for. The Bible says that the entrance of God's Word gives light. Amen. So we, we don't know. The only way we're going to know um, what God wants to do for us is we've got to have the Word of God. We've got to have a promise from His Word. F.F. Bosworth, one of the early fathers, founding fathers of the Assemblies of God, great man of God, did uh, uh, preach so many great healing campaigns and crusades. He wrote the, the book, which is a classic on healing. If you've never read Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth, you need to get a copy of that and read it. But F.F. Bosworth made the statement and said, Faith begins where the revealed will of God is known. So you cannot have or exercise faith in any way unless it's been revealed by the Word and you've got a promise from God for you to stand on and base your faith on. Amen? We've got to know, saints of God, we've got to know that what we are asking God for, seeking God for, is God's will for our life. We got to know that. We, we, we have got to know that. We covered that, I think, in one of our prayer um, teachings on Wednesday night. But we've got, to, you know, we've got to ask Him according to His will. And the only way that you're going to know His will is to get into His Word. You've got to read the Bible. You've got, listen, you've got to read the Bible. 
Amen. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to spend some time every day with the Father and in the Word of God. And I can't stress that enough. Somebody, you know, somebody said here a while back, you know, well, I just can't, I just can't understand it or I don't read well. Well, you know, listen, there's no reason, even if a person's illiterate, there's no reason for them not to be able to get the Word of God in their heart with all the Bible apps and, and uh, audio Bibles that you can get many of them free that you can just listen to the Word of God all the time. I was having some trouble sleeping um, here a while back and I put old Alexander Scorby, you know, I put him on there reading the King James Bible. He made those recordings back during World War II and I put, I've got the app and I put them on and, and listen from Romans to Revelation. Praise God. I mean just constantly feeding your spirit with the Word of God. I doze off and sleep a while, maybe fall asleep when uh, fall asleep in Romans chapter 9 and wake up in 2 Corinthians. But somewhere along the line, <laughs> it's still, it's still, <laughs> it's still getting in my heart. Amen. It's getting in my mind. It's getting in my subconscious. Amen. But we got to read the Bible. You'll not know what the will of God is for your life if you don't read the Bible. You'll not know. Uh, you don't, you won't have the faith to believe God for your situation if you don't read the Bible. The problem so many people, so many Christians have is they wait till the emergency comes and then they start scrambling for a scripture. You've got to hide this word in your heart all the time, every day. Hallelujah. Man, if you'll do that on a consistent basis, when the emergency arises and the enemy's knocking at your door, whom you just pull out that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and begin to fillet the devil to pieces. Come on, amen? Because you've already took, take, taken the time to put the Word of God in your heart and in your life. So you, you've got to have a promise. So check up on the promise, you know. You can ask somebody sometime, you know, when they, they've got a need, and you say, well, what promise? What promise are you standing on for your healing? Or what promise are you standing on for, the, for your answer to prayer? And, I, you know, sometimes they'll just say, well, uh, not anyone in particular. Well, you know what? That's about what you're going to get. Yes. Nothing in particular. <laughs> Amen? Because you've got to be... You know, prayer, you've got to be definite and ask God definite things and definite requests. I'm not teaching on prayer tonight, but, but, but you've got to ask definite things and read your Bible and check and see. Check and see. Just take time to check and see. Are the promises of God still there? Are they still in His Word? Has the devil come down with a big eraser and erased the promises of God from the Bible and they're of no effect anymore? No, I'm telling you, when God made a promise, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my my words will not pass away when he said it. He will do it. He'll hold fast to it. He will be faithful to fulfill his word. But you got to take it and you got to stand on it. Yes. Hallelujah. Right. Amen. Right. 
I know, I know my wife, Sister Vicky, she listen to those healing scriptures and read those healing scriptures. And, uh, you know, hey, hey, you know what it does? The Word of God, I, I, I ministered on that here a while back on the sower. The Word of God is seed, and the Word of God has life in it. And when you sow the seed of the Word of God in your heart, it will produce after its kind. I said it will produce after its kind. Amen. It will bring forth life in you. So as you put those promises in your, in your heart, amen, you'll find out that God's Word, God's Word, the Bible says, is forever settled in heaven. Amen? I can tell you tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut this down, but I can tell you tonight what God's will is for your life. Not to every specific detail. There are some details, there are some things about the will of God in your life, my life, that you have to spend some time seeking the Lord and praying those things out to get specific direction from the Lord in some areas of your life. Amen? Amen. But, but the general basic will of God for your life as a, as a born-again believer, as a Christian, is number one, God wants to bless you. He wants to meet your needs. The Lord, your heavenly Father does not want you to go hungry. He does not want you to be without clothing. He does not want you to be without a place to live. He knows, he knows Jesus said, your Father knows what you have need of before you ask Him. And Jesus said in, John, or in Matthew chapter 6, He said, don't take anxious thought and worry about the things of this life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He said, listen, he said, those, those fowls of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. But you know what? Those birds don't miss a meal, amen? Your heavenly Father feeds them every single day. He said, those lilies out there in that field, they don't toil, they don't spin. But he said, Solomon in all his glory wasn't arrayed like one of them. He said, if God the Father so clothes the grass of the field that's here today and tomorrow's cast in the oven... Will not he so much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You know what Jesus, the bottom line was, he said? He said, don't worry about all these things. Don't take anxious thought about all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. He will take care of you. Amen. That is the will of God for your life. It's for you to have your needs met. It's God's will for you to be healthy and healed and well. Amen. How do you know that, Brother Rick? Because there ain't no sickness in heaven. There won't be any sickness during the millennial reign. Everybody will be well. Why? Because the devil will be bound up and put in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That ought to give you just a little bit of a hint where the diseases come from. When he's out of the picture, there won't be any for a thousand years. Well, we know that it's the will of God for us, for his people to be wealthy, uh, not wealthy, healthy and healed. Amen. Oh, God, now they'll leave saying, well, he's, he's gone into the health and wealth gospel. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, here's the thing. You know, when you talk about, I, I, I believe this. I believe that we, every one of us in here tonight are wealthy. We're wealthy. We're rich in the things of God. 
Oh, hallelujah. I said we're rich in the things of God tonight. Woo! But healing is the children's bread and healing is the will of God. So when you're seeking God for healing in your body, you can rest assured that He is still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. Psalm 103, he says, you know, in Psalm 103, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And he says, Who forgives all of thine iniquities and who heals all of your diseases. So he is the healer. Call for the elders of the church, James said. Is any sick among you? Do what? Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins and has a loose connection, they will be forgiven him. Throw the loose connection, that's not really in the Bible, but part of the message. God's will for your life is for you to have your needs met. God's will for your life is for you to be healed and well. God's will for your life is for your, for your children, your family to be saved. That's the will of God for you. It's not, not, not God's will that any perish, but all come to repentance. He wants you and your household to be saved and to come to the Lord. Amen? It's God's will to bless you in every area of your life. And the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 3 that, 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 that He has blessed us, past tense, hath blessed us, past tense, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are a blessed people. Amen? Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessing of the Lord, how that if we follow the Lord and we walk in His ways and we live for the Lord, He said, I will bless you coming in. I will bless you going out. I will bless your basket. I will bless your store. I will bless the fruit of your body. I will bless everything you do. I will bless you. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll cause you to be above and not beneath. That's what God wants to do. Well, Brother Rick, that's old covenant. Well, praise God. Amen. That's what we're living under a better covenant with better promises than that. That's the will of the Lord. We're, see, that's the checkpoint. Make sure our life is right, then make sure we've got the promise of God that, that covers what we need in our life and stand on the promise of God. Remind God and remind the devil and remind yourself what God says and claim the promises of God for your very own. Let me tell you something tonight. Everything that is in that atonement, everything that Jesus died for on Calvary and that is in that atonement belongs to you, belongs to the church. You are the redeemed of the Lord and we need to say so. Come on. We don't belong to the devil anymore. We are in the family of God and everything in that atonement belongs to us as children of God. Amen. Praise God. Last of all, the third thing Third checkpoint. You've got to check up on your life, check up on your promises, and check up on your talk. Because Christians who constantly, continuously talk doubt and defeat and unbelief are not going to enjoy or experience the victory in their lives. Because there again, you're opening that door for the enemy. 
Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, we will eat the fruit, and that's what that verse is saying, that we will eat the fruit of what we constantly talk, whether it be words of, of victory or whether it be words of defeat and complaining. And that was the thing that got the children of Israel in so much trouble all through the wilderness was they couldn't keep their mouth shut. They complained all the time about everything. They were constantly murmuring. They were constantly complaining. And there's so many times that we undo our prayers and we'll pray for something, you know, and then we'll turn right around and we'll say, well, you know, uh, I prayed about it, but it just doesn't seem like it's working out. Seems like it's getting worse instead of better. I guess God just not answering me. You know what you're doing? You're just, you're just, you're, you're, you're creating, uh, you're creating a, a situation there through words of of doubt and unbelief that is hindering the Lord from moving. Remember, remember the, that those people at Nazareth. They, who is who is this guy? And and they 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 would not accept who Jesus was and limited the power of God from working in their life. Amen. Listen, we got to understand that we cannot just talk any way we want to. Amen. And expect to have victory in our life on a continual basis. The children of Israel wandered for 40 years in that wilderness when they could have been in that promised land simply because they said, yeah, we know what God said, but we've saw the giants and we can't take that. We can't defeat them. We can't overcome. Amen? And so they failed to go into the promised land. Amen? Listen, we've got to check up on our life. We've got to check up on our promises. We've got to check up on how we're talking. We've got to check up on our praise life. Are we praising the Lord in the midst of that circumstance? Because in, if any of these things, there's a loose connection. If any of these areas, there could be some corrosion on your cable. That's good. Amen. That's preventing you from getting a good connection and maybe that's what's wrong where you're not receiving the help that God wants and desires to give you. Amen. Worship team, would you come on back tonight? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We need a check up from the neck up, don't you think? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Check up from the neck up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our praise life is so important. Seem like that I've kind of been on that recently a lot, and God's been dealing with me about that a lot, on praising the Lord. But if we'll learn how to praise God in the midst of those situations, and that's something you've got to check up on is your praise life even when everything's going wrong. And, uh, you know, Psalm 34, we was just talking about the other day about Psalm 34, one of probably my favorite psalms.